0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. One of the scriptures in our notes is Matthew 9:29. We're going to get to that in a moment. You don't have to look, but it basically says be it done unto you according to your faith. So hence how your life is and how you want your life to go, it's according to your faith. Never in scripture will you find that it's according to God because as far as God's concerned, he's already settled your blessed, overwhelmingly blowing your mind kind of life with goodness. He's already settled that. So if you want that, be it done unto you according to your faith, not your spouse's faith, not your pastor's faith, not your neighbor's faith, especially not your mama's faith. How many appreciate praying mama's? Amen. I was raised Catholic growing up, but my mom used to always call me her little priest. She knew I was called, I didn't believe I was called, and I definitely didn't want to be a priest. Thank you, Jesus, no, I ain't got nothing to be against being a priest, but for me, I do. Because I love my wife. (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say about that. Faith at a personal level. Faith is extremely at a personal level. Faith is, and I'm going to repeat some things that I said part one, not too many because of time, but I have to to get you on the same page where, where I'm going. If some of you were here for part one, you get to hear it again. If you weren't, it's for you to hear this. Faith at a personal level. Faith is very personal because it's a matter of trust. Let's look at our text scriptures. Hebrews 11 verse six, but without faith, without faith, without faith, It is impossible, mark the word impossible. You can never please God, ever, unless you have faith. How many think that's pretty personal? And, And if you're one of these believers, which I believe you are and I hope you are, if not, let me encourage you to be that. And if you're one of those believers that say, I want to be closer to Jesus than I ever have, you're going to need to develop your faith. Because you can't please him without faith. But look at the rest of this verse because the pleasing God with faith isn't a a, a religious, uh, legalistic thing where if you do all these spirit, if you jump through all these spiritual hoops and do everything spiritually perfect and correct, then finally God smiles at you and loves you. That's not what we're talking about. It's a matter of, listen, everybody look at me. It's a matter of deepening your trust In someone, in this case, him. How many know that's the key to a successful marriage? The deeper I trust Missy and the deeper she entrusts me, how many know the stronger our marriage, the greater our marriage? Because when there's distrust, how many know that drives you nuts? Some of you ain't getting it. Let me prove it to you. If you're in a marital relationship and you distrust your spouse that they possibly may be cheating on you, not committed to the marital vows, how many know that plays and plagues your mind? And you're obviously not going to be with each other at dinner, looking each other in the eye and having a wonderful conversation and enjoying, listen to what I'm saying, enjoying each other's company. But see, the more I trust my wife and the more she trusts me, the more we enjoy each other's company. Because there's nothing plaguing our minds or a matter of what if. Oh, come on, this is good stuff now. Are you with me? Now take that into your walk with the Lord. God wants you to entrust him and deepen that trust, faith, in him so that you can better enjoy his presence. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For look at this, he who comes to God, comes to God, comes to God, must believe, believe. How many are glad we're called believers in scripture? You know why we're called believers? Because we're called of God, we're asked of God, and we're mandated of God to believe. To believe is faith. You must believe that he, God is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder. Mark the word rewarder. I don't know about you, I love to be rewarded by God. See, when I see the word rewarded, I look at there's the basic blessings of God. He'll meet and supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That to me is a basic, fundamental blessing of God that he'll lead and guide you in times of crossroads. Everybody say, fundamental blessing of God. I'm convinced health, not even just healing, health is a fundamental blessing of God. I believe favor is a fundamental blessing of God. See, when I see the word reward, it's like he goes above and beyond just meeting your needs and providing health and giving you direction and crossroads of life. I believe that the rewards of the Lord are like this. It's not just when you're at a crossroads, should I take this job, should I not take that job, should I marry this person, should I not marry this person, should I go to this church, should I leave my church because you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? But the rewards of the Lord and direction is hey, I want you to take $500 and invest it over here. You know, God got inside info on stuff. And you take that $500 and you don't know much about investment, but you do it and boom, it ends up $50,000. How many know God has a way of rewarding? Amen. Or how about this? You just desire certain things and you didn't even ask God for something and somebody comes up to you and says, man, the Lord told me to bless you with this. Boop. Does God really do that? Come on. Think about, for those of you who had good mamas and daddies, think about how they would just bless you. You didn't even, you just, just, Christmas, you had certain plans and certain thoughts for Christmas, and mom and dad, good moms and dads, as good as they were, over, just overwhelmed you and blessed you at Christmas. Folks, that's a natural parent. Can you imagine your heavenly dad? But here's the key to get those rewards above your basic blessings, You've got to diligently market, it, market. It. You've got to diligently be in pursuit of him. And for me to diligently and for you, listen, this is good. For you and I to diligently, consistently seek him, I have to deepen my trust in him. Because I said this part one there is stuff, you got stuff. I got stuff, that's the bondages, that's the sins, that's the vices, it's the things that plague us, that, 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 in, that ha, have enwrapped itself around us and is trying to keep us from becoming the very best that God's called us to be. And those things that you do, I do, that cause the guilt to rise in us and cause us to become shameful in the presence of God, God says, I want that to stop. So that means you and I are gonna have to entrust the Lord with those things. How many know that ain't easy? But that's the level of trust that God wants to bring us. Hebrews 11 verse one, look at this, I love this. Oh Lord, help me, I gotta get the rest of the, what I wanna say, but look at this, the fundamental fact of existence. The fundamental fact of the reason you breathe is to entrust God. Amen. The reason you are alive is to have relationship with God at a personal level. Everyone in here is unique. We said it last week, it's in your notes. Don't look at it now, the blanks are filled in for you because there's certain parts we filled in, certain parts we didn't. But in the notes, it talks about, do you know the FBI did a study years ago that everyone's voice is unique. Therefore, through that study, they created a software, voice recognition software. And they've proven that my voice, though someone else, Billy Bob over here, may sound like Ken, but they've proven that the software can pinpoint that my voice is unique. Your voice is unique. How much does God have to prove to us how unique, see, unique means you're special, that doesn't mean you're weird. <laughs> your eyes, the cornea of your eyes, nobody, nobody else has it. Your fingerprints, nobody else have it, has it. Your DNA, nobody, and now your voice, what does God gotta do to prove to us that you are that special? that even your voice is unlike in nobody else's. And see, as you study this and learn that when you speak words, especially the word of God, stuff goes on in the spirit realm. See, if you were able to really see what's going on in this room right now with all of technology, you would see words floating through the air. You'd see video images floating through the air. When, when, when I started, it was, you know, how many understand radio waves? Words, then TV came, images. Now you got cellular waves. Folks, there's stuff going on. If you only knew what was just flying. some of you are texting each other, this is boring, what are we doing for dinner? That's floating through the air, I just saw it. <laughs> Somebody else texted, I wish Pastor Dave was preaching. <laughs> I saw it, brother. If you knew what was flying through the air, folks, the spirit realm, when you speak, your words go forth, either hell trembles or hell rushes to you. Angels either become attentive and go to work by what you say, or they stand there and go, man, what a dummy. Oh, quit saying that, now I can't, See, when you say the word of God, when you profess and pray out the word of God, angels only work on behalf of God's word. That's what they're for. They're laborers. You know, some of you are like, I wish stuff would get done. You've got laborers at your access. And they ain't fat, naked babies with wings either. They are angels. You think, Pastor Dave's buff, you ought to see the angels. Somebody just text. Yep. Probably Pastor Cody. Where's he at? There he is. He texts to Troy. He ain't that buff. (laughs) The fundamental fact of existence is this trust in God, this faith. Notice it says this trust, this faith, this faith, this trust, this trust, this faith. It's synonymous, it's the same thing. Is the firm foundation under everything. Look at this. Faith at a personal level is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Oh my Lord, how do you get any more clear than that? So if you're not a person that's developing your faith, I'm encouraging you. I'm going King James. I'm beseeching you. Be a person to develop your faith. How do I do that, Ken? Open up your Bible, read it, and say it as you read it sometimes. Pray it, just memorize scripture. Why do you memorize scripture? So that you can pray it while you're driving. But you've got to say, you've got to hear yourself saying the word of God. You've got to hear the word. Just like right now when you come to church, And I'm glad you're faithful on Wednesdays. Right now, by you hearing the word, by my voice, it's going into your ears, into your spiritual heart, and working your faith, man. That makes life worth living. I wonder why, if that's possibly why some Christians backslide. I wonder if that's why some Christians turn their back on God and no longer walk with him. No longer journey with it. I wonder if that's why. Because they haven't realized that this whole relational thing with Jesus is a matter of a personal level of faith, deepening their trust in Him. The act of faith, look at this, look at your notes, makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see, it's our handle. You can't see your tomorrows, but today, life's telling you your life is bleak. There may be circumstances going on in your life right now and it's telling you it's hopeless. Maybe it's hopeless in one area, financially. Maybe it's hopeless in your body. How many know that's a lie? Maybe, Maybe there's a circumstance going on in your life that it's hopeless in your marriage or a specific relationship or maybe employment. There's a circumstance possibly that's telling you that your future is hopeless in that area, but that is a lie, because faith will allow you to get a handle on what you can't see, and what you can't see is the works of the Lord and the blessings of God in that area. Mm. Did you hear Tammy? Did you hear Tammy? Hey, when they get to grunting with you, you know it's good, man. I haven't heard one come on with it, but I got a grunt. I'm happy. Look at this. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. Do you want to be a common Christian or uncommon? Write it down. To deepen your faith, your trust in the Lord at a personal level will set you above the crowd. You'll go from common to uncommon. You know what the common and the uncommon is? You could be the common. Well, God will meet your needs, yeah. He's no respecter of persons. He'll, He'll direct you at the crossroads, major crossroads of life, yeah. He'll give you favor, yeah. But remember, we read about the rewards. I want the rewards of the Lord that go above and beyond the common blessings. I don't want to be the status quo, amen? Now, number one, the first personal level of faith is your heart, mark that. That's the first personal level, always. We talked about that last week, or not last week, part one of this, so I want to kind of go through this quickly to get to a certain point. Letter A, no two hearts are the same. No two hearts are the same. You know what that means? See, heart here is not talking about the pump that you know that, that pumps blood and the natural heart. We're not talking about that. The heart is the very center and the core of your being. It's where your soul and your spirit meet. That's the heart we're talking about. And there's no two hearts here the same. I'll give you an example. See, I may have a conviction to not maybe go to certain movies and Pastor Dave may have a certain different conviction about Going to certain movies. I, Pastor Dave may say, and he don't, I'm just picking on him. He may say it's okay to have a glass of wine or a beer every once in a while. How I many know? You know, some Christians do that. I'm not condemning you. I don't care. I have a personal conviction, it don't pass my lips. Part of it's because I'm in ministry and I don't want you to see me at Chili's dining a brewski. And you saying, oh, it's okay with Pastor Ken, Woohoo! <laughs> but I know pastors that have said, oh, well, one every once in a while is okay, end up in bondage. I don't mess with that. See, you see what I'm saying? Convictions, the heart, how you see one thing is okay and another believer may say it's not okay. There's no two hearts the same here. Where you can trust God, I may not be able to trust God. No two hearts are the same. Matthew 9, 29, I quoted earlier. He touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith. Now, write this. I want you to mark out the word your and put my. According to my faith, be it done unto me. And mark out you and put me. You need to do that. Mark that. According to my faith, be it unto me. Quit blaming the economy for stop not going well financially. They ain't got nothing to do with it. Does it affect us for a moment and then we begin to trust God and God takes what he says in Philippians 4.19, I'll meet and supply all your needs according to your riches and glory, his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's not hype, that's reality. Yes, we know the economy may get you laid off and lose your job, but God says, I'll meet and supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You lose one job, God says, i get you a better one. God will do that. We just read it. He'll reward you for diligently seeking him. But if you're going to lie on the couch and moan and groan, I lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Instead of saying, man, I'm going to find out what scripture says, gave you one of them. You should have written that down, Philippians 419. You turn to that verse, find other verses, say, yeah, they they fired me or laid me off because of the economy, but my God, He's going to show them stuff, going to bless me. That's how you diligently seek him in the midst of messes. Because you're deepening your trust. Look at this, a study of the heart. Proverbs 3, five and six, trust in the Lord with what? Don't lean your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he and he and he will direct your path. See the heart's got to be in it. Faith at a personal level starts with the heart. Deuteronomy 4.29, but from there you will seek the Lord your God with, and will find him if you seek him with part of your heart, all your heart, and with all your soul. Philippians 4.23, keep your heart, keep your heart, keep your heart, keep it, watch over it, guard it from worry, guard it from anxiety, guard it from bitterness, guard it from resentment, guard it, why? Because with all diligence, by the way, because out of it flows. Now that says issues of life, issues of life simply interpreted as the blessings of God. Look at this, and you shall love the Lord your God with that part of your heart. Deepen your trust in him, that's all your heart. Now, letter B, what's in your heart will be revealed. Ooh, look at all those good scriptures. Let's skip those, I want want you to go to this part, letter C. What's in your heart is the key to your victorious testimony, we're gonna end on this. What's in your heart is the key. By the way, that letter B, what's in your heart will be revealed. Read through those scriptures because it's talking about when the squeeze is on. How many know when the squeeze is on? How many know what I mean by the squeeze? When you go to work tomorrow and find out you're laid off, how many know the squeeze is on? What's in you is going to be revealed. Amen? When circumstances get tough, things get tight. In your heart, it, gets, it tightens up, it demands, in other words. Isn't that interesting? How when life gets tough, there's a demand as a believer to believe and not doubt. Interesting, wish we had time to teach it. Let us see what's in your heart is the key to your victorious testimony. Hebrews 11, one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, mark the word evidence. The evidence of things not seen, that whole connotation right there, the context of that statement, the evidence of things not seen, it's exactly the same as if you were deposed. How many understand the word, legal word, deposed? In other words, if you were called of two lawyers to give a deposition, you were deposed. In other words, you were called upon to sit between two lawyers and give a deposition. In other words, give your testimony of a situation that you of what you saw and what you heard. So let's, with that in mind, go back to that Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You're gonna give testimony of what you know of that circumstance that the lawyers are asking you of. So I want you to take the two lawyers One's going to be God's kingdom, and the other Lord is going to be the devil's kingdom. This is your life. You're going to constantly be sandwiched between the two. And throughout life, you're going to be constantly called upon to give testimony of what you see and what you've heard. In other words, what you believe about a certain circumstance. Let me break it down for you. When you wake up tomorrow, and I pray this isn't a prophecy or something or some word for somebody, you never know. But if you wake up tomorrow and you literally go to work and you're laid off, you are now in the spirit realm, you are called upon. Are you going to give testimony? Because the Bible says you overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word, the word of our testimony. You're going to be called upon between the in between God's kingdom and the devil's kingdom? Are you gonna believe God because you've heard and you've seen the promises? Or are you gonna give in to the weight and the pressure of that pink slip? Woo! See, I ain't heard nothing from you, I had to give a woo. Not even nothing from Tammy. Can you see that? So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Never stay at hope, always go to faith. Hope is someday. Someday I'll have my healing. Someday I'll have that amazing job. Someday I'll have an amazing marriage. Someday I'll have financial, that's hope. Ain't got nothing to do with it. Faith is now. I'm blessed now. I have an amazing marriage now, but in the natural, your spouse may, you know what I'm saying? You got symptoms in your body. I'm healed now. You get your pink slip tomorrow, I got a better job. That's all that says. It says laid off, but I give testimony. It says laid off, but lawyers, God, devil, I give testimony that I see and I hear a better job. Amen, amen, absolutely. Oh, we... How many believe that? How many believe we're out of time? I wanna encourage you, faith at a personal level. Get your heart more involved in trusting God with things you never thought you wanted to trust him with. Get very personal with the Lord. And I literally mean, and I don't preach about this too often or say this too often from the pulpit, but I literally mean the bondages and the sins that are plaguing you. Start taking those things to the Lord like you never have before. Start trusting him with those things. Child of God, he loves you. That condemnation that you feel is not from him. The shame and the guilt you feel is not from him. You've been listening to the wrong lawyer. You're seeing and hearing the wrong things to create the wrong testimony. Maybe it's been hard for you to trust the Lord with finances. Start bringing that to the Lord. Quit trusting in you, man of God, to be the sole provider of your home. I get that. Men love to command and conquer and go out and me go to me go to work me bring home money (laughs) i'm the man listen man of god trust him to bring that through you like you never had before your wife be like yeah that's my man (laughs) he won man of god your kids are watching you quit worrying about that stuff we hope that you enjoyed this message